Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kempf. And bellied up to the bar is a man who is so cool that he maintains a steady 58 degrees, even on the hottest day of the year, the fabulous one, Freddie oh, Bender. Where's my sweat towel? Like the other side of the pillow, man. Hey, let me tell you something. Tuna came in today, and he was hot. Dude, I am not built for this weather, buddy. <laughs> they, they, I'm made to be in a mountain somewhere, like up of high high elevation in like the 7,000s and plus. <laughs> I ain't made for this Ohio Valley crap. I hear you, dude. You don't like just a cold corona by the pool and on I'm, a 100-degree day? And I got to tell you, like this is a stretch of weeks that concerns me every year because we have reached football season and I'm always concerned that something, I know this is dark, but something's going to happen to me. Like I'm going to go into a coma or something and not be able to enjoy football season. So I've just got to like wrap (laughs) myself in padding and like not leave the house until the games kick off. And then I'll feel warm and fuzzy. Tuna. If that happens, mm-hmm. we will uh, we will wheel your bed to the capstone at Fred's house. That's yeah. all I ask and for. And put well, you'll have six TVs uh, surrounding you because I've always heard you may not be able to talk, but you can hear okay. and you can understand. So you will not miss a single play of the action. We'll you'll just an see IV. a little smile on me. Well, actually, that poses a question real quick. Now, Freddie, I don't know if this like would apply to you because you've watched Alabama win multiple national championships. But let's say, Travis, if you were told that you could go into a coma for the entire football season and wake up and your team has won a national championship, would you accept that coma? Ten years ago, yes. Okay. Dude, he wants to be there for the ride. Today, oh. not so much. Oh, put me out, dude. I'll wake up and rewatch every game and celebrate like I was there the entire time. Okay, well, that's true. That's true. Now, should we have an IV at the capstone for you? Well, I don't know, man. We just got to get through. We this. got some liquid IVs. We'll hook you up with those instead. Mm. You'll, you'll make it. I'll take it. I don't know if I trust you on the other end of that IV. God knows what will be going in there. Uh, it's <laughs> high noons just flooding through there. It's Kiwi, bro. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, we, uh, as always want to thank our listeners, uh, each and every week. Uh, we did do a little bit of, uh, boosting on social media this week and we got a lot of, uh, new listeners I noticed and, uh, a little bit more interaction, uh, than we've had in the past, uh, several weeks. So we want to thank everybody for that. If you enjoy the show, Please tell a friend. Uh, tell them you can find us on Twitter at Blockout Pod. Uh, you can just type in uh, Blockout Sports Pod on your Facebook search engine. Um, the slow sport weeks are sports weeks are over. Yes, all right, guys. Yeah, it is. Yep, things football are football time. Things are uh, heating up for sure. And uh, let's just jump right into. Uh, 
I think what is our biggest focus, well, I know it's our biggest focus uh, coming <laughs> it's, up. It's been my biggest focus for the past two months. Right. <laughs> um, week zero in college football is basically upon us. And uh, several games this weekend, um, some of which carry a little bit more interest than others for me personally. But I think from a gambling perspective and just the fact that we have real games to watch makes everybody happy. Yeah. It's everybody Marching excited. Bands, uh, the whole deal, tailgating, whatever. Um, so... I'm just going to open it up, Tuna, just quickly. Mm. Uh, what are you most looking forward to this coming weekend, besides from the fact, the obvious fact, that college football is back? Well, I got to say, like, week zero, I don't know when they started this. What was this, three, four years ago? And I think it's probably the coolest thing that they've ever done because it gives us, Lord knows, if you watch football anything like I do, and I know you two do, um, we just destroy our bodies on Saturdays all day long from noon until the, the, the games are done. So week zero gives you like a prime up. So your body just doesn't go into shock right out of the gate. Like you, you, get, you get some nice games, games to, to warm up to. It's slow going. But the biggest thing I, I guess I'm looking forward to is this Navy-Notre Dame in Ireland matchup. Um, that what was the Aviva Stadium where I think we've seen several events. I know they play a lot of rugby matches and stuff there. And you big soccer heads, I know you guys have seen some stuff, but it's going to be cool. Um, I'm looking forward to see how Notre Dame traveled there. They're actually going to be wearing green uniforms. I was just about yeah. to ask. Yeah, they're going to wear their Have they already greens. said that they're wearing their greens? Well, they haven't said. Well, maybe they have. If they haven't, like, I don't know, but – I know that they are well wearing Kelly greens for two games this year, and I believe that this – I mean, if this isn't one of them, then it this is It has to be, yeah, right. Yeah, be. yeah, it has so, to be. And I would assume probably USC is the other one. Um, but that's the biggest game that I'm looking forward to. And uh, I know Freddie's hyped about this UTEP-Jacksonville uh, State matchup. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, isn't dude person playing in that game from one of the uh, – all all name team dude person. Yes, no, I believe so. Jacksonville I, I, State. I, I right? knew somebody was playing in yeah. this. I had Rowdy Beers is not. But. There there are a couple. Of, yeah, or or Fish McWilliams. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no. But you know what's fun? I mean, the, obviously the USC game is not going to be a bad one, and it's at eight o'clock. And then of course it'll be simultaneously on as we watch the game. We're really also pumped about Vandy Hawaii. Now the spread on this one is something to keep an eye on because it is it has been bouncing all over the place. I know, and it's funny how we're so excited. We're like Vandy Hawaii. <laughs> That's what Tommy Week Zero Chang does. Is That's not what coming Zero out does. of that I uh, mean, locker room. If you can't get excited about Vanderbilt Hawaii, are you really a college football fan? <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Chang. I haven't heard Tommy, Tommy Chang. Tommy Chang, quarterback. My uh, who's the Hawaii. other one? Colt, Colt Brennan, Colt right? Brennan. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, Wasn't it? Isn't it Timmy? Timmy, 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 Ch Timmy Chang. Tommy was good too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Chang was actually the. Wasn't he the French Open? Uh, I think tennis? he was. A, he was in best of the best. I think <laughs> that he? was Michael, Michael Chang. Michael Chang, I know. Uh, Tommy Chang was, he was actually with Eric Roberts in best of the best. One of them was a quarterback for UCLA for a while, unless they transferred. Tommy Chang was the lead singer from a band that uh, I used to open for back in my college days. 
back in Bloomington called uh, the Chosen Few. Could but he throw a good spiral? He probably could. <laughs> I I never saw him try, but I bet he probably could. Well, um, but I will tell you, just right off the bat, and I've been we've been on this text thread uh, all week relative to these college football games, and Tuna was uh, kind of sending some uh, some things about. Well, maybe I, I'm I'm not as uh, as as positive as I might have been about uh, how I feel about that Vandy Hawaii game. I'm telling all of our listeners right now, get on the bandwagon. Week one, if you want to bankroll your season, bet on the Commodores. Do it up. They've got an all SEC wide receiver, some players that have fit into their roles. They did lose their running back to UK, but I agree with Travis. The coach there has them purring along. Uh, They they finished strong last year, which I think is a very huge thing. They totally blew out their over-under for the season last year. Which I told you they would way back when we first started this show. And as a matter of fact, the real true sign is they dominated Hawaii at Hawaii last year. Dominated them, and, and the spread was tight. Now, now, to 10. now, 53 to 10. Uh, it was, wasn't 63 to 10? 63 60. to 10. They yeah. won by 53. Now, Hawaii does have a completely, you know, they've got a lot of guys coming back. They're all integrated into their system, but I don't think it matters. And I think people are, as we talked about on the show last week, you know, people get lost in the, obviously in the SEC, Georgia, Bama, you know, Ole Miss, all the the big-time teams, the top storylines. But I think Vanderbilt is going to have a solid college football team, not one that's going to compete for anything big. But I think uh, Hawaii coming in to Nashville, I just think Vanderbilt can name the score, and I think they win by 30-plus. I agree, Tuna. Why are you sweating this well, out? Well, I would say this. Like, Vandy is 1-11 against the spread as a favorite of 12-and-a-half or higher since 2012. So. I hear you, Greek. Well, that's a number that you can't really ignore. <laughs> but last year, the one out of the 1-11 and, and 11 was, that was last year at right. that game. Right. With, with, so with the new Vandy coach. And then if you watch the money on this, the early money came flooding in on Hawaii. I and, know, and wasn't that weird? And and, and yeah. it's it's shifted back, hasn't it's, it's it? It's shifted back. back. It's even, even itself out. So now there's no doubt I'm going to bet this game, and I'm – 95% sure I'm going to bet Vandy on this. You don't want to watch it and pull against us. No, dude. I don't. <laughs> and if if I if I do bet Hawaii, I'm not telling you guys. Oh, so, okay. But, well, don't get up and leave if they lose and don't cover. I, there goes Tuna. Not, <laughs> He's mad at the Vandy game. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, trend betting, I throw it out the window. Yeah. Trend betting in college in college football where you have turnover like it does. Now, NFL trend betting is something to watch because a lot of these rosters are very similar. Sure. And, and, and throughout the course of the season where the same teams play the same teams. But right. college football, 
I just don't see where trend betting really fits in. And you know, I'm you a, just have a, a discrepancy in talent, right. and and I think this is one of the matchups where you have I a discrepancy agree. in talent. Well, you know, I'm a better of the under, which I know is un-American, but I bet against Hawaii a couple times last year. They could not get any points on the board. I'm not sure what's going to change. Uh, June Jones is not. Their offense will be better this year. Okay. They will be better this year. But the way I see it is they're playing an SEC team at home, (laughs) and that's the end of the story. I mean, it's Hawaii. I just – they don't have a whole lot to fall back on what happened to them last year. I'm not saying Hawaii hasn't had a good program where they've won some bowl games. Because, of course, they have. They have. Sure. Uh, Especially when June Jones was there. But – this game, I think you just keep it simple. I just don't think they're going to – I think Vandy's going to come out ready to roll. I'm with you. I'm going to wait to the last second on this just to kind of watch that spread. Part of me thinks that it might drop back down to that 16-and-a-half range. And as soon as it does that, I think 17 is probably the number that I really want. Right. And even if I have to buy it down to 16-and-a-half, I'd probably that, – that might be the way to go. Um and then another bet along with that one that I, I love Notre Dame to cover in this game. Uh, Navy has a new Body coach. Two. Everything's changing there. Um, What's the spread on that, too? It's 20 and a half. Okay. And, and I think Sam Hartman, this this is something I'm really excited to see uh, this weekend as Sam Hartman make his Irish debut. Sam Hartman, just an unbelievable college quarterback. I don't know how he's going to do in the pros. I don't care how he's going to do in the pros. At the college level, that kid's accurate, and he delivers, and he's perfect for Notre Dame. So – I, he's actually one of my long shots to win the Heisman Trophy just because he plays for Notre Dame and he's going to put numbers up. Um, so anytime you have that combination, there's a shot. You know what I mean? I so know, absolutely. So now look, Notre Dame won their last what six games last year. Yes, come finish strong. Bowl game win, tough bowl game win. I mean, very impressive. Uh, so I, I just think I, I'm a big believer of coming. In the offseason, after a great win and you're staying hot and momentum's there, uh, as long as everybody's healthy and you start the season off and w- with a bam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and people always tell you never bet large covers against the service academies because teams don't want to run the scores up against them. Look, I think those days are over with, man. Notre Dame's going to pound it up. Like, how many games did we see uh, Army, Navy, and Navy last year just got blasted a lot? Uh, Air Force. Right. Like, it was th- – those days are gone. It's almost like everybody now has a Bobby Petrino mentality where it's like we have to put the foot, the foot on the gas and, and, right. and smash it. I got but, a question. What's up? What was one of the hottest teams at the end of the year besides Notre Dame at the end of the season last year, can you like if if you one pops up off the top of your head? I know it's not easy because it was last year, but a team, a, a world beater team that beat some big teams. Well, TCU finished strong. How about <laughs> a team in the SEC, uh, underachiever that overachieved? South Carolina, uh, exactly. Okay, guess who beat them in the bowl game? Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, dude. That took a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man. That that coach has. Uh, showed me something with the way they changed the season around after a slow start. And, uh, I, I mean, they it's its a mismatch. I mean, uh, it's going to be fun, but I think it's a mismatch. I think Notre Dame's going to roll. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then when, when you start looking at the other games, like I think the safest thing to do here, I'm a big fan 
of early season overs. And the reason for that is, is offenses are so scripted nowadays that it takes a while for the defenses to catch up. They're always a step slower. So I like for big points to get put up early in games, and that's probably what I'm going to do with uh, some of these other games throughout. Like, um, you know, Ohio-San Diego State over 49. Um, UMass-New Mexico. I'm not going to bet a a six-and-a-half-point spread on that game. I'm going to take the over 45. So, Guess who Hawaii's head coach is? It's Timmy Chang. (laughs) Timmy. Timmy Chang. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, not Tommy. Right, not Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Tommy played in a band that Travis opened for. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, were you just here for that whole conversation? How long has he been there? Last year was his first year. Was it really? uh His very first game ever was against Vanderbilt last year when they got just Rick Roll. Really? Yes. I thought he had been there for a few years. No. Okay. Nope. But it wasn't June Jones before him. No, there okay. was somebody okay. there was somebody in between those two. Uh how about some other games? Well, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the USC game. I think. Uh, what do you think on that one, Tim? I think the big question mark, and I don't know if we're going to get it here. Uh, I like this US, or USC offense, but that defense was horrid last year. It like, was. absolutely terrible. I want to see how they step it up this year. And go out and pitch a shutout against San Jose State. Do something impressive. Um, I'm not betting that game. That 31-point spread – like, I could easily see USC doing it, but I could see them, like, going out and scoring, you know, 50 points. And you know what the over-under is in that? Uh, it's 66 and a half. Wow. So, that's the thing. If you look at that. Wow. Do you see USC putting up 55, 56 points? Right. You know, it's right. like, I, I don't know. Um, the, it's just too tricky of a game. I just want to sit down and watch – what the USC defense looks like this year. If they're going to be an actual national title contender, that defense has to be a lot better than they were last year. So, I don't know about San Jose State, but I think I think in the four, I think these are all fourth quarter games where the toughness and and uh the bravado just takes over in the fourth quarter and those spreads start being taken over. Well, I, I mean I see USC covering I see Notre Dame covering. I see Vandy covering. Clearly, with uh, USC uh, moving into the Big Ten, they're primed and ready to uh, take that next step. Just like uh, UCLA, Washington, (laughs) and Oregon. God bless. (laughs) And then, uh, what, we close out uh, Saturday night with the big Florida International Louisiana Tech game. Now that is going to be I, a good game. Have you seen the uniforms Florida International's wearing? No. Miami Vice. Oh, black baby. with some uh, pink gr- like and pink aqua. and aqua oh, palm yeah. trees on the sleeves. You know the colors too. Yeah. There's a chance Fred might wear that jersey to the next week's hey, uh podcast that's I fred's mean, like regular tuesday attire <laughs> that and a lot I'm, of gold i might have to throw on my you know pink shirt and white no, but, and for that. that brings me to something i wanted to talk about because you know we get into the 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 high level of 
college football with your Alabamas, your Georgias, Ohio States, Michigans, and all that. But what I love so much about college football is that I will be just as excited to watch a game like that. If I flip on TV and I go, well, damn, there's a, you know, a Mac game or, 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 dude, dude, or a, you're telling the biggest Mac fan in the world. Like you're telling me like Tuesday and Wednesday night, I get Maction and, and Maction and, is his password I, dude, on a lot of stuff. It is. It probably is. You could break into a lot of stuff. I allegedly. Love, I that's love allegedly. But I mean, look at uh, what's the kid Nathan Rourke? Uh, he's a rookie quarterback up there. Played at uh, sure. Ohio. Yeah. He has been crushing it in the preseason so far. Like, there's a lot of talent that comes from the Mac. Kareem Hunt, former Mac running back, never fumbled when he was at Toledo. And I just want to see good, close games and fun games, and especially early in the year when there's a lot of, you know, teams that should blow out other teams by a lot of points. To me, that's that's part of what makes college football early in the season so exciting is that we get to see some of these cool games that are teams that we may or may not talk about for the rest of the year. But by God, that's going to be a fun time on that particular Saturday night. That's one of the things that really, really kind of breaks my heart about the Pac-12 breaking up is those 1030 kickoffs with like, you I know, know Washington State versus Cal or something. I, I like watching those games, and now we're going to be watching like San Diego State and San Jose State, which I will watch because it's. Um, hold on, I'm about to sneeze. Held it in. Um, <laughs> well, I, but uh, it's you know you. It's your last chance to make your money back too. All the exactly. money you lost throughout the day, you got to throw a Hail Mary at the end on that 10-30 kickoff. All right, guys, we got one more game to talk about. Oh. Don't forget, we're doing our podcast next week, Wednesday night. It comes out on Thursday. We got Florida at Utah, guys, Thursday night. We got to talk about it now. Okay, I mean, no, I, we got to. I, Do you understand I, what I'm saying? Yeah, and and like we've well, talked we, about before, listen. this is the easiest, the easiest money you're going to make this season is betting on this game. Look, last week we we mentioned this game, and I brought it up to close out. In fact, there's a few games that spread was seven points. It is down to four and a half right now. You get yes. Utah minus four and a half. Hammer that I, thing. I like, agree. that is easy money at Utah. I agree. We've got NC State at UConn. Uh, when I found out – well, I already talked about this last week. Then when I found out Graham Mertz is the starting quarterback for Florida, it made me want to hammer Utah even more. Right, right. No, so, I'm with you. But, dude, now Travis is on NC – I mean, on uh, Florida a little bit. We were talking about Florida. We did – I think we were giving – kind of cut – I don't know. I feel like that I was kind of hard on them, and him and I talked a little further a couple weeks ago, and saw and, and even even if you look in the AP, they were getting what they were getting a lot of votes to almost get twenty six. That, that's because they're fifth. they're called Florida. I know. You know, I know. people blindly bet on teams like that. There's a look. Billy Napier is not a great coach at all. I don't well, think so. I, I don't know if you can say that. I mean. I think he showed last year he's lost in the clouds. 
You know what I'm saying? He had one of what? I hear you. Everybody says one of the, like a generational talent at quarterback. That's what you're hearing everything. What is the spread on that? And, and they gave up what? 43 points to Vandy last year? Do you know the spread on that Utah-Florida game? Like I said, it's down to four and a half. Down to four and a half. It okay. opened at seven. Okay. It's down to four and a half now. All right, so uh, I think I'm going heavily on at Utah. Absolutely. Utah in a night game out there. It, With John, something to Johnny prove, a chip on like, their shoulder. Yeah, and that's the thing. Florida ran up on Utah last year. Nobody expected that to happen. Yep. There's no way that Cam Rising is going to let that happen again. He's going to come out, and he's going to do everything to smash Florida. A couple other games that night. NC State at UConn. I think we know who's going to win that one. Uh, Nebraska at Minnesota. These are games on Thursday night, August 31st. Now that game is Nebraska Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, like, that's going to be um, that's that's very interesting yeah. because uh, obviously Nebraska with a new coach Matt Rule Minnesota, you know, coming off row your boat s- several decent years. Right. Um, but I might I might look at Nebraska on that. I know they'll have the row your boat out there and all that at Minnesota. Well, Minnesota's a seven and a half point favorite at home that night. Okay. So okay, I I'd, might take the points on. I that haven't one. even attempted to open up and look into this game yet. That so. might be my first underdog take. Okay. And I'll give you another one. That might be my first under that I take. <laughs> I mean, seriously, all these other games look like well, a lot the of points over under is forty four and a half. Oh, I'm all over that. Ooh. All over. I don't it. know, man. All over the under. Matt Rule knows how to put some points on the board. Well, oh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, manufacture points off of the relative um, dry bed of talent that he was left with, because. Uh, Nebraska has been horrid. Mm. Yeah, they've uh, the last few years, and I'm sure. And I don't have any sort of uh, knowledge on this, but I'm going to assume that most of their dynamic offensive players are probably somewhere else, right? That were there last year. Yeah, I would say so. But I'm, I am glad that we that we thought about that because. Some of our listeners may not know that not only Saturday do you have college, but Thursday you have it right following that up. So, And then it moves right into Friday, UofL, Georgia Tech, and then we got week major week one blowout on Saturday. You also, on that, on that Friday night, you also have the Battle of the Miamis, um, and you have another look at Hawaii with Stanford and Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii so. again. Are they going to ever play on a Saturday? Now, uh, Stanford, Hawaii. I'll take the under on that. 58 and a half. <laughs> I will. Okay. I have nothing like – I haven't even began to attempt to handicap these, these Friday night games yet. So – I'm with you, man. But but that's good analysis uh, on the college football coming up, man. I mean, I don't know how hard we can break down Vandy, Hawaii, but I think we just did. So and Travis so, didn't break it down. He just said, "Bet Vandy." The recap is it's simple: Notre Dame to cover 
and Vandy to cover. And USC to cover. Well, I'm not in on that one. Okay. But I think we all three agreed me 95% on Vandy. So, I'm, I'm, I'm in with you guys. So, those are our recap full bets. And then I'm going to bet overs. And as we said at the beginning of uh, this show... We are so excited about the beginning of college football. But the beginning of college football also means that the NFL is right around the corner. And with the NFL being right around the corner, so is fantasy football. And I know that uh, not only the three of us, but uh, I neglected to mention earlier uh, that... uh, Great friend of the show, uh, Jody, is uh, working the whiteboard again tonight, which seems, the whiteboard is currently empty. To be clear, we must be rolling right now. But uh, uh, with fantasy football coming up, and I know that we're all in multiple leagues, and uh, and you know, it, it, it. Beside from gambling, fantasy football, not just to us, but to everybody it's one of the big reasons the nfl continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger every year and everybody's drafts are getting ready to come up and we teased it last week on the show but uh tuna and fred are two of the uh great deep dive fantasy football players that i've ever known and so i thought we would uh touch on that tonight and get a little bit into it. Maybe give some advice for our listeners that maybe aren't as into it as maybe you guys are. Um, maybe have some sleeper picks, some guys you think are going to be bust, some strategies that you guys use uh, as you draft tuna. What do you think? Yeah. All right, here's the thing with fantasy football. Are you going to tell us you've won a whole lot of championships? No, everybody knows that already. Oh, um, okay. That there's no need to just keep bringing that up. Well, but I'm on a drought. But what you did say was true, and I'm not going to elaborate on that, but yes, I have won several championships. Okay. Well, uh, we have two, but that was 10 years ago. Here, <laughs> you're like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... The thing with fantasy football is obviously there is about 500 different formats um, that you can play in. So trying to listen to one person talk about fantasy football when you're in a different type of, of league, uh, that's tough. You have to draft league specific, and, and you know that by now. But so basically what I'm going to do is talk about if just a standard scoring format. So everyone knows that, and that's with uh, in a set lineup of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, a defense, and a kicker if you guys still do quick kickers. Kickers are starting to fade their way out of the fantasy football realm. Uh, defenses are as well, but I, I still like the aspect of a defense. Um, so basically, I'm going to go over the strategy, what I use to draft in that situation and why. Um Ignore wide receivers. Do not touch wide receivers until at least the fourth round. There's plenty of them, and you can always find them on the waiver wire. Two spots that you want to win at, running back and tight end, because there is a major gap 
between your weekly start running backs and just random guys that you have to have to fill these spots. Some other guys handcuff, whatever. You have about 12 guys that are go-tos. Get those guys in the first rounds. Do whatever you can. I believe heavily in running backs. Go after these running backs. And if you can take Travis Kelsey as early as possible, take him number one if you have to. Get your hands on Travis Kelsey because there's a major gap between Kelsey and the other tight ends. Totally. Now, you can look at TJ Hawkinson. He's right up there with it. But – he is the type of player he, that you want to three touchdowns and then zero. The he's next the week. type that you want to avoid. That goes into my exact point, Travis or uh, Fred. Is let me ask you consistency. Quick, just a quick question. Uh, as you said, uh, take Kelsey as mm-hmm. early, like in the first round. At what pick would be the earliest you would take him? Number one overall, I would take Kelsey. Number one, number overall. one overall, and this is the reason why. Because everyone has to start a tight end, and that guarantees that you're going to win that line that week. Okay. And, and, but, Tuna, we don't start a tight end in our league. Well, that's why I'm and talking. It's basic. That's why I'm talking standardized scoring. I got you. Well, okay. we're in a basic league. No, you're not. I've been in your all's league before, oh, and that's okay. the most oddball it league I've ever been a part basic. of. It's CBS sports line. Yeah, but it's the, the way the lineup's set up, regardless. I got you. Okay. So. When you're forced to start a tight end, there's only three or four that you can really play. This year, there might be five. We don't know, but there's a gamble there. But Kelsey will give you that advantage. And like you brought up with with Hawkinson, is there's a boomer bust mentality with that. Like one week, he'll go out and he'll get you 30 points. The next week, he'll come out and you'll get two or three. Right. I would rather have build a team of guys that get 12 to 15 points per week. When you do that, you will average about 135 points. If you can average 135 points from your team on a weekly basis, you will win at least 80% of your games right. throughout the course I, I think, of that I season. Think Andrews and, is a good uh, second choice who does is somewhat consistent, way more than Hawkinson is. The only reason Andrews opinion, didn't but, finish that high last year I, is because he was hurt. Because he was hurt. I got you. I got you. But I – a healthy Andrews. And that's why you don't draft George Kittle because his injury yeah, history. Right. And see, I, I I would drop Kittle way further down than Andrews personally. That's just me. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's his, his ADP is, is about right. like 30 spots behind right. um, his. And that's something – when I'm talking these, I'm talking like the players compared to their average drafting position. Right, right. So, but consistency is the big thing that I'm looking for there. And um, – you can always find wide receivers, and then I hold on quarterbacks. You don't need a quarterback early. You can get Daniel Jones at a in a late round pick, who may put up four to five points less per week than a Trevor Lawrence in standardized scoring, or Geno Smith, or Geno Geno Smith's a great one. He was a nice waiver wire last year. I won a championship with Gardner Minshew as my quarterback. There I made a playoff run with Gardner Minshew as my quarterback. And my lead receiver was Isaiah Hodgins. So that's what I'm saying. If you build elsewhere, leave the wide receiver and the quarterback till late round. Um, And that is on standardized scoring. But I've got a few. um, And here's another thing. When are you going to take McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals? Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Evan McNasty. I mean, uh, Evan McNasty does not miss. And uh, I was just curious. Uh, I think I got him in the 15th round okay, in 15. one draft. You know, I got so. him in the last round, and I was very happy. Last okay. Uh, no, I mean, he's a, if, you're, if you're still playing kickers, he is a solid kicker to have. Like, he's, he's one of the best, him and Tucker. But – but to be clear, uh, we at the Blockout Sports Pod do not uh, recommend drafting kickers any time other than the very end of the draft. Exactly. If we have to at all. <laughs> yeah, or, or you don't want to be the guy that keeps two kickers on his roster, and oh, I have seen that oh, before. Oh, now, of we're, course. We're beyond talking about of that. Of course. Yeah. Now, but, dude, do you have any sleepers? Are you still going in the format? Yeah, like okay. okay, but I think the big thing that 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 the difference is is like when you're looking at fantasy football, throw talent out the window. You're not evaluating guys' talent. It's about productivity right. and points for you. So you can take a player that you think is way less talented over this athletic right. freak up above. I mean, who and, like how many targets does he get? Exactly. But and that's going to bring me – like, I've got a couple breakout guys that I think are just going to emerge onto the scene. And one of them is Justin Fields. Right. Uh, I think he's going to be great. He finishes a top ten quarterback nine of the last ten games, and he added D.J. Moore to the fold. Right. He, so, and, he's, and he gets a, mm-hmm. run, a lot of rushing yards, too. And I've got Trevor Lawrence listed, but I think last year was kind of his breakout year. Uh, but that didn't come until late in the season. I look for him to have just monster numbers and be a possible MVP candidate when you add Calvin Ridley to the fold. I have one that uh, quarterback that might, that I think might have a little better at breakout year. Co- Cody Pickett. Cody uh, Kenny Pickett. I mean Kenny Pickett. Okay, I was like, I don't know who Cody Pickett Kenny is. Cody Pickett. Pickett. Kenny. The, Cody if he breaks Pickett. out, it's going to be incredible. No, I like Kenny Pickett. He's really uh, he's had a hell of a preseason. All hands. Yep. Uh, but I do think he's going to have a really good season. I think Pittsburgh's going to be much improved yeah, I, in a tough division. I completely agree with that. And that's another thing to focus on when you're selecting your team is the schedule. Like, you, if you're drafting a defense, you obviously say, hey, this Jets defense is one of the most talented defenses in the, in the NFL. But Not you have to play the Bills right. twice. You have to play the Dolphins twice. I mean, you're in that AFC. I would focus on NFC defenses. And and, and right. try to get there, but uh, another one you can get late is 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 James Cook. Um, he has been the clear cut number one running back in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I like Damian Harris, but James Cook is is I, I think separated himself. And when you have a quarterback that can run the ball like um, Josh Allen, it opens up the running back, running game so much more. The only thing that you may lose out on is some of those goal line touchdowns. You're right. not going to get those. Uh, based on uh, how the Lions drafted and got rid of players, I am a big fan <laughs> of Jameer Gibbs. I've got him listed right here, as man. A, uh, po- uh, uh, a, a nice run out of uh, Alabama drink. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they got rid – of a couple Georgia boys and brought him in, and I think that he is the starter. Uh, and I think he's going to have a great season. You and I also have already told our listeners that we agree on A-chain uh, for Miami. Gibbs, Gibbs was drafted as a top-12 draft pick, and every running back to be drafted that high has finished no 
less than RB11 in the fantasy football season. So if they're going to spend a draft pick that high, they're going to utilize him. Oh, yeah, and they got rid of Swift, who I thought was having a a good year last year, uh, Sharon Carey. Yeah, now he's caught in that mix up in Philly with everybody. With everybody. Yeah, and Rashad Penny, may like he's like kind of looking like the guy to beat. I like Penny yes. better than any of them. And uh, another rookie, if we're going off of this, is Jordan Addison um, at Minnesota. Yeah, well, you I talk about a opposite. guy that gets to go opposite of Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he'll get looks. I mean, and possible rookie of the year, Belinda Cuff Award winner, folks. Absolutely, USC and Pitt. Well, he won it at Pitt, then he transferred to USC and had a great season until he got a little uh, banged up. So, that's where I got on, like, possible breakouts. And um, so, we got some bust. Who, do well, you have I got, any? I got a couple. Okay. Breakout. Yeah. I got a, a, not, a, not necessarily a breakout, but I think Russell Wilson's going to have a great year this year with Denver. I, um, I personally think he's going to have a much better year than last year. I also think Calvin Ridley, the, the gambler, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the gambler, uh, is going to have a breakout year. And I think Dotson – out of Penn State in his, I think, second year now for the Commanders mm-hmm. is going to have – Jahan Dotson uh, yeah, out of Penn State. Yeah, I think State. he's going to have a pretty good year. Yeah, he's uh, – Sam Howell looked sharp the other night. Right, yeah. No, yeah, he did. So – No, go ahead. Let's go. Are you going bust next or uh, – Yeah, yeah, we can roll into busts. Uh, and, and when I say bust, I don't mean complete bust. I'm saying according yeah, to their ADP. Exactly. So, Cooper Cup. Uh, wow. He has more upside than any wide receiver not named Justin Jefferson. But he has more risk than any other top 12 receiver that you could draft. Do you want to take a gamble on a guy that high? If you can get Cooper Cup in the fourth or fifth round, you do it. Do not waste a top three pick on Cooper Cup. He's coming off of a severe ankle injury. I, I'm with you. And – I don't know. He's, he's he's over thirty now, and that's when players, wide receivers, start to fall. And God knows that guy's taking a licking. So uh, right. that's that's curious. Um, another one is Debo Samuel. Yeah. Um, that's a crowded running game, and he has to go next to Brandon Ayuk, who and could I, have a breakout Ayuk year. Is another breakout year. Yeah. I had him last year, and he, you know, they find him a lot. I'm I'm telling you, they it, now. So, with that offense, it was mm-hmm. a little weird, to, but Ayuk was involved. But I think Debo is going to be pulled back a little bit. Samuel's playing in an offense with a top five running back, a top five tight end, and right next to Brandon Ayuk. Okay, now I have a wing dinger bust. I'm not sure if you're going to agree with me on this, but uh, obviously he has somewhat different throwing to him, which makes a huge difference. Even though he has a damn good track record in the NFL for the last – Six or seven seasons, but I think Mike Evans is going to have a, a a a year that is not going to be as high as his other his past years in I, the past. I completely break, agree, and his ADP obviously. right now is probably lower than it's been since he's been in the league. Right. So right. I totally agree, and I think everyone's agreeing with you on that. So I think Travis also agrees that Pittman, <laughs> Michael Pittman, <laughs> Michael Pittman might uh, have a tougher time. Catching balls because he's a specimen, dude. He's like Mike Evans. He's a specimen. Uh, he's an easy target, man. And uh, I, 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 he kind of came on at the end of the year last year, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. Well, when I'm, you have a quarterback 
the way the Colts have a quarterback, and you have question marks at every other position <laughs> on the offense, I think it makes it very difficult to uh, to uh, latch on to someone like that. Yeah, I just personally wouldn't touch anybody on the Colts roster. I mean, I, honestly, I, I yeah, don't. I don't and, have and any that, clue. And that's, that's not taking shots. And, I just don't have a clue look, what it's going to look not like. A, I, I'm with you. I don't feel comfortable giving anyone a strategy wise because uh, my uh, partner and I we did make the playoffs last year. Uh, uh, Travis and I have won a few championships, but I kind of been in a rut for a while, so I'm not trying to give anyone any tips. Um, but I do uh, agree with definitely looking at the schedule of some of your team's players. Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's huge, and a lot of people do not do that. And, uh, you know. Fred, the years that we, you and I were the most successful uh, playing together was the years I think that we took that into account the most. Right. Right. I always remember you having that schedule book and saying, right. look at who they play this week and that week right, and this week. Right, right. And this was years ago before, you know, fantasy football was so ubiquitous on every right. social media. Yeah. I don't even think there was social media. <laughs> it was you and I looking at a book. And a book that had their schedules on it. Right. Because yeah, sometimes... Teams have a start off hot, and, and you keep going. You start off with, uh, you know, a couple tough teams, three tough teams or something, and, man, it can really affect your players. Um, you got any bust tuna in the quarterback department? Um, You're not going to say Patrick Mahomes, are you? No. <laughs> I think it's tough for a quarterback to really be a big bust. True. I get um, it. I get it. You're quarterback is probably one spot in fantasy where you're going to get a consistent 15 to 20 every week. Just don't draft. I don't know, man. Don't, don't go out and don't, don't take a rookie too high and expect that like CJ Stroud's going to win you a fantasy football championship. If you go I do by think Bryce Young will have a good season. I will, but would you feel comfortable starting him on a weekly basis? Like I wouldn't do, no. I wouldn't do Desmond Ritter. I wouldn't do none of those guys as my right. guy. Like, there's enough quarterbacks. Like, there's 20 other quarterbacks that you can get across the league that that will be serviceable enough. You can stream those guys throughout the season. How about your running backs? Uh, Travis Etienne's definitely. I, I got him as a bust. The Tank Tank Bigsby hype is real. Um, he is he's looked great this preseason. Uh, Etienne is not the pass catcher that we thought he was going to be so far. Right. Uh, was he, he's only getting like four plus targets a game, I believe. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't draft him as high as what people are going for. Josh Jacobs is a scary situation. I know he's probably going to play at some point, but how many games is he willing to sit out? Are you going to lose four to six to eight starts off of him? So that's something to keep an eye on. I wouldn't draft him in the first three rounds. Um, but yeah, as far as running backs, that's that's what's that's going kinda... on. Let's now name all the Eagles Eagles running backs. So what do you have? Uh, Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, yeah, Boston Scott. Who I thought Gainwell had a great year last year. Boston Scott's one of the goal line guys. Yeah, he's a little scatter scatter he does, back. He, uh, yeah, he comes in when someone gets yeah. hurt. And in, in Gainville, I've, or Gainwell, I've always been a huge fan out of him, the kid from Memphis. But um, 
he's just unreliable as a week to week start. That's what I'm saying. Like if you put him in like as a flex play, he may get you seven to eight points per week. And I don't even know that was before. I mean, that was just with Miles Sanders ahead of him. Now you have DeAndre Swift and um, Rashad Penny ahead. So I'm not sure how Gainwell is going to be used at all this year. So I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a bust. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I don't think he's starting the year off like he should be. Uh, asking for a trade, this, that, and the other. He's going to get on a team. I well, don't think it's I mean, be the perfect scenario. The question is, uh, where is he going to be playing at the start of the year? Is he going to be a Colt? I guess week one, but probably not much further than that. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Tuna? I think think a lot of it depends where he goes, and I think he is probably going to get traded. They've already had, what, six different offers today from unnamed teams. I think it's going to get done. They said he has until Tuesday to get the deal done and uh, that they would agree on, and it depends on where he goes and what the situation is, but I think you could see a rejuvenated Jonathan Taylor, and I think he could be up for a huge year. So, But that's if you're talking in fantasy football – I'm not sure I want to gamble that right now. If you're drafting before Tuesday, Tuesday you may get a better look at where he's going to be at. Right. So, right. Well, but if he stays with Indianapolis, I would not draft him on. That no, team. I mean, and I think from a fantasy perspective, he's almost one of those guys you just stay away from, and you know, let him drop late, and you grab him and hope that it, hope that, uh, you know, it comes up because. I've had him the last two years uh, as my keeper. And two years ago, that worked out wonderfully. Last year, not so much. All right, what do, what do, you, what do you think about Brees Hall, Javante Williams coming back from ACLs? What's What, what do you think uh, their status? Uh, Javante Williams, um, that's a question mark. I, I think there's a kid down there in Denver who's got a little shoulder injury right now. He's an SEC kid. He came from Missouri. It's his second year in the league, Tyler Beatty. He's had a rough go, and he might get put on the practice squad early just because he hasn't been able to compete. But I I think he could be the most talented running back down there in Denver. I'm not sure what to expect with uh, Sean Payton taking over this offense. Javante Williams, I don't know if he can carry the load. I like Samaje Piran. I thought Piran did a hell of a job for the Bengals last year. Um, I I feel like he's gonna he's a better running back than Javante Williams. Brees Hall showed that he could be one of the most electric players in the NFL, but I don't like him with Dalvin Cook in that locker room now. So I wouldn't touch any of them. I got you. How you like Miles Sanders? I don't. Not okay. one bit. Yep. Me neither. Um, but a few sleeper picks. I'll get to it real quick. Um, I really like Elijah Moore in Cleveland. He showed to be incredible um, when he played with any quarterback besides Zach Wilson. When Mike White was in there filling in, he tattered Elijah Moore. When Joe Flacco was in, he hit Elijah Moore. But for whatever reason, Zach Wilson would not throw him the ball. So I look for him in a new offense with Deshaun Watson to to have a, a nice pickup. Uh, I really like Mike Gusecki. Um, You know, he's finished top 12 for three straight years. Um, yeah, he's definitely a target. And one of the end. most athletic tight ends in the league. And he doesn't have to, like, compete for um, 
for for balls with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Like he doesn't have those dynamic playmakers in New England. And <laughs> Belichick has shown that he's a coach that likes to throw to tight ends. So I look for him to have a big one. Another one is Hayden Hurst. Uh, they're using the hell out of him in the preseason so far. Obviously, the talent's there. You can get him late, late. Like he's going undrafted in a lot of uh, lot of leagues. Okay, so I'm with you now. I got a couple that I like: Deontay Foreman, running back Bears. That guy's a beast. I think he's going to be really good. I'm not saying the Bears are going to be great, but they did run the ball a lot last year. Uh, and I know quarterback got hurt and all that, but I think he's going to fit great in that spot. I like him, but he's – I think Khalil Herbert's the guy to own if you're going to have a running back in that, that offense. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but he faded out a little bit. Uh, I know they, they were trying to trade Montgomery, uh, so they were giving him more looks. But uh, I had Montgomery to the end of the season, and he carried us towards the end. I mean, they do run the ball a lot in, in Chicago. And Christian Watson was probably the hottest receiver – the last five games of the year, period, for Green Bay. He's going to be a stud if I've, he can get the ball. I've got him circled right here. You can look at the notes I've got written on this guy. He is probably the biggest boomer bust candidate there is. Yeah, if he, he could end up ball. having that, the best receiving year of any receiver out there, or he could just bust again. I don't know. Like, not again, but I don't know, man. He's uh, – there's a lot of question marks with him. He definitely has the size. Played at North Dakota State, so he loves that cold weather that Green Bay plays in. He's the perfect Green Bay wide receiver. I just would like to see him be consistent. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but no, man, uh, that those are some great. Uh, those are some great uh, sleepers there. Who's your sleeper kicker? <laughs> uh, Eddie Pinheiro. <laughs> Eddie Pinheiro, baby. I got Martino Grammatica. Automatica Grammatica. Uh, all right, that's enough nerding out on fantasy football. For well, anybody want to. anybody that I plays mean, out on fantasy have, football. Everybody plays yeah, fantasy football that watches this. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, you know what divisions are tough. That's another thing. If you don't want to look at the schedule, just cut down the division. I mean, when you're in the division with the Bengals, the Ravens, the Steelers, I mean, uh, come on, guys. Uh, you, you're picking a great player. You're picking Joe Burrow, and he's going against all these guys, uh, all these great defenses and tough teams, uh, tough places to play. I say you go for an easy division, like where the Colts are, uh, and start looking at some players for the Titans. Uh, that go against, you know, some of the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're going like, to go defense, I kind of like the Saints. Bring the Saints on. They're going to be playing against Desmond Ritter twice. They're going to be playing against Bryce Young twice. They're going to be playing against Baker Mayfield twice. That's six games right there that you have opportunity to put up decent numbers on defense. I, I And, and uh, I do think uh, wide receiver for the Titans is going to get off this year because I think anyone can get him DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. Well, he's proved to be quarterback division. proof. He is definitely quarterback proof. Yeah. So, it's going to be fun. I can't wait uh, where we can kind of go down the list once we've done our uh, picks and so forth and, and go through and we can kind of start talking about it, complaining about it, 
All that good stuff. And again, I repeat, I told you this a couple weeks ago, do not draft any Kansas City Chiefs players on your roster because I don't want to be held personally accountable by you when they underperform for that week. Right. I've gotten enough angry well, texts from you at like 1 a.m. on a looking, Sunday night. I'm already looking at Pacheco. I like well, Pacheco. leave him alone. <laughs> when he separates his shoulder, I don't want you chewing me out If about I can it. only get the honey badger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Travis, what do we got? And so with oh, all yeah. that, uh, I mean, that's a uh, – I think that's a hell of a breakdown of uh, fantasy football and uh, what you might expect or what you might want to do relative to your drafts that are coming up. Um, we will be getting deeper and deeper into that as the season goes on and even uh, – Next week, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. But I wanted to touch on, you know, we're all, or Fred and I especially, and Tuna selectively are big fans of the PGA Tour and of golf in general. Some of us are scratch golfers. <clears throat> Not me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, We've got uh, another weekend of the FedEx Cup uh, coming up this weekend. Of course, uh, I think Tuna and uh, Freddie picked Hovland to win, and he went yeah. and got hot, didn't How he? About incredible that? Sunday. How incredible about that? Sunday. Wasn't that cool? Yep. Tuna, talk about it for a second. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't get to watch that. But I was looking at my phone mm -hmm. and following following along with it, and what well, he shot a sixty-one, I think. A sixty-one is. Uh, we had to take just a quick uh, technical break there because uh, Freddie fell over. We had some <laughs> issues with our headphones, but uh, we were talking about uh, the FedEx Cup. And the fact that uh, you guys had picked Victor Hovland as a possible winner for last week's uh, tournament in Chicago. And he won. And he shot a 61 on Sunday, yeah, which record. is incredible. Yeah, Victor uh, definitely had a day for the ages on Sunday. He was he was storming through all the way through. Uh, there was no question. He was just bold and was going after it. And it was nice to actually see him close one out. Um, he's been consistently up there in like, you know, in the, even in the majors, these top five runs, and it was nice to see him close a big one out. Um, Fred, big guns are at the top again. I mean, Scheffler, Hovland, McElroy, and Rom. I mean, what more do you want? Uh, coming up with more tournaments uh, to try to win this thing. I, I'm pumped up about it, and of course, Glover, he's still in there. Would you we have um, would you have thanked Victor Victor Hovland in person by yelling at him while he was on the course trying to make a shot for winning the tournament? No, I would not have. Okay, I, I was just curious because that seemed to be the uh, debate over this weekend's tournament. Well, let's get into that. Let's discuss. You had mentioned that tuna. Uh, you had sent that on a, a text thread to us earlier about the fact that uh, Max Homa in particular had mentioned on his social media that he was getting kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, yelled at or 
uh, harangued by somebody that may or may not have been live betting the particular hole that he was on. Mm -hmm. It was something that, quite frankly, I had never really thought about, which is stupid because that is something that is going to happen. It's going to happen more and more. Now you have a particular. Well, it's Travis. This is this is happening not just in golf at all sporting events, right? If you think a major league baseball player is standing at the plate, not getting harassed about a player uh, by a fan who's live betting, if you think fans aren't sitting courtside at NBA games yelling at players who's missing threes because they're live betting how many threes he's going to hit, this is something that's coming with sports. It's not going to change. It's not going to go away. And and is it? The how gambling? About how about fantasy football with NFL players? Or any of that? Fantasy football. Yeah, it goes on. I mean, what is it about on? golf that we have to be silent at? Well, my, th and I get what you're saying. My thought has always been that when you are playing golf or when you are, mm -hmm. you know, you, when you're a golfer, and you're standing over the ball, the expectation mm -hmm. is that it's quiet. Now, if you're at the Ryder Cup or something like that, and the whole crowd's going crazy, but don't you think there's something different between everybody's quiet, and then as you take the club back, and right as you get ready to strike the ball, some idiot in the crowd goes, Miss it! Well... I think maybe it's because we have trained these guys to play with silence where if there was constant noise, like if the gallery was constantly making noise and these players learn to play with concentration through noise, like do you think it, it takes more concentration to hit a golf ball or a 90-mile-an-hour fastball with three foot of break on it? And You know what I mean? I totally get what you're saying. I just don't think that you're going to be able to – to change that mentality in two years and go, God, guys, just get used to hitting when guys are yelling at you. Well, some, I just don't the think mentality of fans yelling at players is not going to change either. And if they want to do something about it, I don't think it's the gambling so much as it is the alcohol. Do you think this guy live betting would be yelling at the guy if he wasn't about six beers deep no. at the event? Are they going to stop selling alcohol? No. Uh, probably not. Exactly. But, but – but, my, I mean, but, from from my standpoint, I would rather uh, any of those idiots that are yelling get tossed and, and enjoy. There are people that can get rid of them. I'd say let them go. I mean, Yell all you want. Adjust, players. You're the best in the world. Learn to adjust to a little bit of noise. Do you play golf, Tuna? Do you hit baseballs? Yes, but baseballs are hit with uh, 80,000 people there. Golf is a, a sport that when you play it, you need si you need quiet. I find that that's that's it's bogus. Like that that's a years. bogus argument that I'm not going to buy into. I, I think that's the truth. No. If, if, if it's dead silence and somebody says something in the middle of your backswing, you may turn and do something. But if there is consistent background noise going on while you're in your swing, you're going to learn to play with that. What are you talking about, like the the uh, waste management? In the Lyft tour, they're out there blaring um, DJs well, the whole time. guys are all losers. Yeah. Not really. They're coming <laughs> over and playing in the PGA and winning majors. That's why that – I mean, that's a fact. That's why One that tour did. That's why that tour means nothing. 
<laughs> they got a lot of talent over there. But I, I just think the way golf has been brought up, it's it, you can't compare it to that. That's a curmudgeon, I mean, I mean, old when, man when tennis take. players are playing and people are watching them, the judge umpire says, quiet, please, and everybody's quiet while they're hitting. So then what I've gathered is yelling. country club sports, you just need to shut up and watch. No, I think it's more uh, team sports It is the difference. Golf and tennis are not necessarily team sports. I just think it's the expectation that has been I'm with handed Travis. down an from, from years and years and years. It is possible to shoot a nice round of golf with somebody yelling at you. Well, I mean, a lot of people in golf world play music now. But, I mean, but, I know you said that on tour, but, I mean, we play music, and I know there's some guys that's played with us when Sister Christian's playing uh, by, by – uh, you know, so wait a minute. The, you the, just attacked me and said you don't play golf. You don't know that it doesn't. You need silence to play, and you're telling me you're out there on courses blaring "Sister Christian." Well, so Ambrosia you, is a little bit better. What but, the hell was that? But wait a minute. When some when you're getting ready to hit and some guy yells at you, it's totally different than a humming of music down low in your golf cart. And this is soft. I despise. No. And I'm old, and I get mm-hmm. it, but I despise the recent uh, trend of everybody has their little speaker in the car. When I'm playing golf, I just want to hear the birds. I want to hear yeah. the sounds of the course. Like I don't Man, need to you hear. Guys music. About, you guys are about you guys are about like six I weeks away from hanging out at McDonald's at seven in the morning. You know what? Like reading I the like newspaper, talking blind. about events. I like to hear the birds. <laughs> I, well, mean, I mean, I'm, let me ask you this, Tuna. Uh, when you're watching a college football game yeah. and there's a guy back there calling a play, do you need to hear him go 10, 22, and then Foreigner blares over the loudspeaker? Well, I don't think so. You watch the NBA, they play rap music through the entire game while that they're is, running up and down is, the court. That is not no, true that at is all. No, that is 100% true. That's not true at all. They have something <laughs> in the uh, way up high. The Raiders playing. have a DJ that plays on the field while they're playing, but not not, but not when the plays are happening. Right, right. It right. doesn't happen when the plays are happening. Keep an eye out on the Raiders, man. I think, and it, keep I an eye out on the NBA and all the music playing a, while they're going up and down the court. Dude, I think the way golf and tennis has always been projected, it's not really going to change. They're they're both sports that are not team sports. Uh, I mean, Tuna, do you want to watch Wimbledon and have Roger Federer throw the ball up for his serve and then jump around, jump around? If you could give me Wimbledon, if you could give me Wimbledon where the atmosphere is like the uh, waste management open and everybody's in the crowd getting rowdy as hell, I want that. I want the the, the tennis players going over and high-fiving the crowd, doing some Lambo leaps against those, you know, curmudgeons out there. Let me tell you this. In, you can get Wimbledon. that. You can get that at uh, wrestling at the U.S. Open mm-hmm. in a night match. Okay. You don't want that at breakfast at Wimbledon. I mean, I don't yeah. know. We're, we're gonna breakfast agree to di- We're gonna agree to yeah, disagree with that. It's different in England. It's different. Well, it's just <laughs> no. I, it's just it, traditional. It is, it is what it it's is. Different but in Augusta. It's what I'm saying is. There. I think the players in golf should learn 
to to start being able to play with these distractions because they're not going to go away. And you just calling out and yelling at fans every time because they upset you is not the approach. I, I just as long as it isn't in their backswing or whatever. You know, other than that, if people want to yell out stuff at golf course, it's fine. But when it's in the backswing of a putt or swinging at a club at a little bitty white ball, I, I don't think you should be able to do that. I don't think it'll ever change. Never. And okay. I'm 100% with you, Fred. And with that, we are going to kibosh this conversation okay because, uh, tuna hey, wins another one hey, saturday <laughs> when tuna's playing cornhole i'm gonna go what are you gonna do tuna what are you gonna do you gonna hit that and ball? when i what sink it do? in the hole i'm gonna go around and belly bump and everybody gonna, in excitement after a half hour Tuna's gonna go i'm not playing the next game no because freddie is driving me crazy i'm lambo leaping <laughs> Where are you going to Lambo leap? At In the, your garage. At Moe's Food Mart? Yes. I'll just run up and down the street just celebrating. Are we done with that? Yeah, it's time for horse racing, folks. Yep, we're going to throw it around the room quickly. Well, uh, I, no, not yet. I'm going to do horse. We're doing a little five-minute deal on, on, on a... No, Fred, I'm going to oh, give okay. you your horse racing, yeah. and you're going to and do your do around the room. All right. We got a $1.25 million uh, horse race Saturday, post time 611, uh, at Saratoga. It's called the Travers Stakes, folks. This is the last biggie leading up to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, there's a couple other ones after this, but not, nothing that, uh, of this stature. Um, there are five horses. Uh, out of, uh, let's see, three, four, five, six, uh, uh, there are five horses out of seven that are millionaires in this race, Tuna. Do you know that? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Uh, we're going to go through, and uh, I know uh, the horses in the Hask and in the Travers are Forte, Mage, Archangelo, Disarm. Tap it trice, National Tuna Treasure, and Tuna's new horse, possibly Scotland. Uh, here's the deal, folks. I haven't been hot lately since I crushed it on Mage, but I've been telling everyone from the get-go that Forte is the number one horse, number one three-year-old. Nothing has changed. I'm putting my money on Forte. Um, his last, he won his last out with Blinkers, uh, and the first in the Jim Dandy. Uh, Mage was second uh, in the Haskell. He does not have a jockey right now. Luis Saez uh, broke his collarbone, so he's looking for a jockey. That's very important. And Archangelo, who's won his last three, won the Peter Pan. And uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm throwing disarm out, tap it, trice. He won the Peter Pan. Archangelo yeah. won the Peter Pan. Yep. Yeah. And, Big uh, race. Thanks, Tinkerbell. And uh, Scotland, uh, I'm not race. sure about Scotland. And Nashville, uh, our, our Tuna's Horse National Treasure, uh, that's a Baffert horse. So, I'm going to tell you. Put all your money on Forte and do a exacta box or, or or something up top 
you know, with with Forte at the top. Throw Archangelo in there for sure, uh, and Mage, and dump everybody else. But this is going to be a hell of a race, and I hope it's not raining. I hope the weather's good at Saratoga. Travis, who do you got? I'm you... taking Mage. Okay. He's taking Mage. Tuna, here we go. You've been hot on the horses, bro. Uh, I'm definitely taking National Treasure because it's Baffert's horse, and I feel like he's going to have that little extra umph in him. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> What time? Runner. What time is that race? That race Did is we at six eleven, so it'll be right in between our our bass our uh, great football games that we're going to be watching at the Capstone. So uh, get ready for that. Perfect. Uh, uh, one note: Archangelo has been training for this race for a long time. Okay, the other horses have ran. I don't know if that's good or bad, but he is fresh. Fresher than the others. So, uh, also, is there, are you bringing it around to me if I got something else to say? I am bringing it around okay. to you. Okay, I got something else to say. Kudos to España. Uh, the, lo, ro, the Rojo, uh, c- congratulations. They got me $300 uh, on my bet for them to win the World Cup, even though... 15 of their best players did not go to the World Cup because they had an issue with the coach, who now is a World Cup champion. Only three came back and went and played with the team. Outstanding job. I wish I could kiss all of your cheeks. That's it from me. Tuna. Man, um... I can't follow that up with anything worth a crap. I uh, I got nothing. Let's let's close this one out. Watch out! There's a heckler coming behind you. <laughs> hey, I just hope the crowd at Saratoga this weekend is quiet. Like they better not be yelling. I don't want to hear. Like those jockeys, that could be real dangerous. Don't they get could that fall horse off. and jumping. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm worried about animal safety. I've enjoyed the conversation tonight. We've enjoyed uh, the back and forth. Hope you guys have too. Um. Oh, Travis, one other thing. We're yeah, going to do a really good rundown uh, next week on the Louisville-Georgia Tech game. Looking forward to that. For That's on sure. Friday. For sure. Uh, which we will have uh, a show on that one. That's why we did the Florida game. Former um, Texas A&M on quarterback, Thursday. Hayes King, so, was just named starter. Yeah, nice, nice. So uh, looking forward to the – that is the only game that Friday night, so – going to be fun yep should be great um as always we appreciate you guys listening every week uh if you enjoy the show please tell a friend uh let uh somebody know how they can connect with us on social media with all that being said for the big fella the tuna country matt kempf and the fabulous one freddie benders this is travis carter saying So long, everybody.